and welcome to this week's episode of Marvellous Podcast, when we consider what if the Watcher broke his oath. I'm delighted to be joined by Matthew. Good generic time of the day to you. And Laura. Hello and welcome back, Matthew. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome back. Indeed, You've allowed Matthew. me back on after after my... Uh, sat on the naughty step. After you had the words, <laughs> you promised not to do it again. Yes. Graciously, he returns. And why not kick us off, Matthew? What if the Watcher broke his oath? I thought this was a very good series ending. This this worked as the combination of everything that we've seen, revisiting what we've gone to before, and obviously we have had significant conversations on wrapping things up and wrapping up stories. I think this worked very well. Um, I think it worked very well, particularly within the constraints of the series itself. You know, it used animation well and did stuff that you wouldn't necessarily see in live action. And it used the sort of short-term nature of the story, some of that disposability we've talked about. So, I, yeah, I liked it. I approve of it. I think it, it delivered well enough. Excellent. Laura, what did you think? Fabulously fun finale. Uh, I was impressed how they managed to bring not everybody, but the vast majority of people together over this series of quite disparate episodes they seemed at the time. Still feels kind of throwaway. But I enjoyed it. Okay. How about you? Well, yeah. Yes, (laughs) all the things you've said are true. They are. And I think it wasn't that I was trying to be critical. It's just that sort of the motif of kind of getting the band back together and, you know, Guardians of the Multiverse. And I was just there going, really? These? These are the people you picked. Which I I am hoping is going to be some of our conversation through this episode. These are the versions of the people that you picked. This is the the construct that you thought would work. This was the only way. This interesting, and it's almost like I'm I'm more willing to question that in plot rather than outside as a finale to what we have had. Like it, okay. it is the sum total of what we've had. I acknowledge. Um, but I did spend a lot of it going, huh? It, it throws, what we've seen in this episode, for me, throws open some really interesting discussions on the MCU and the multiverse as a thing. Because what we've had so far is a series with the Watcher watching, and us watching the Watcher, and him telling us stuff of what he's watching. Yeah? And in this, he suddenly has no time to talk to us. We are now the fourth wall and there is no he can't see us anymore he can't talk to us anymore and he just has to come up with the best plan that he can so he is going to the stories what he has watched and pulling from them to put a team together now the finale says he's seen all this and he knew this was the team he had to do you know you had to have Killmonger there to take the stones and have this eternal battle between them I'm not sure 100% buy into that way of explaining it, but it is now him just going, I need a really strong team. Who are the strong people that I've watched recently that I could go and grab? Yeah. Hmm. I had the same questions I did last week. Where the hell are all the other watchers? Because <laughs> <laughs> this seems like the kind of thing they should have got out of bed for. Is that us? Yeah, Matthew, you really did not pull your weight on this one. <laughs> well, but is this is this thing? He is talking to the other beings across the multiverse, and one of those multiverses is one where we get this as a TV show. 
and movies and stuff. I'm, it's getting really meta <laughs> as a consideration. I think we shouldn't go down that path. But I think the MCU's going to. If it's mm. going to push on this multiverse thing, it's mm-hmm. going to get... And I think, as we've said before, this feels like this is a bit of training for the kind of people who, one, would be watching this and, uh, uh, and therefore other kind of people who ask these kind of questions mm-hmm. and don't just go, oh, well, that was a fun, colourful film. <laughs> so I do think this is a bit of training for us, but... Uh... As in, are we going to end up with, like, fan boost? Where it's like, the Avenger that survives is the one with the highest number of votes on Twitter. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean that. I just meant as far as being able to um, understand, in inverted commas, the um, the multiverse and, and the way that I think the films are probably going to end up going as well. I mean, I, I certainly thought that The Watcher's kind of closing speech about, you know, how, how he values their stories and... and these people as characters and they mean everything to him and hmm. that seemed very um you know you are the fan and and we are the watcher and all of that mm-hmm. and and i quite enjoyed that for for what it was but he did also literally have the power to be like you know what it sucked when they got rid of black widow i'll just put another one in yeah okay can i throw in i i'm being slightly muted in my appreciation of this episode because of a thing that's weighing on me which I'm going to tell you, and it might have occurred to you, but I might tell you, and it might also weigh on you then, and I'm hoping we can discuss it and move on, and I can be a little bit more joyful about it. Let's share the load. (laughs) I was expecting something live action, probably as a post-credit scene or something. I was expecting just some some little, some reference, some live action something, just to sort of, you know, make it feel like the, the sacred timeline we're watching as part of this multiverse. And the moment that it all went white where he was taking Black Widow somewhere, I just had a moment of, are they about to appear in our timeline and he's going to give us Natasha back? And because I've had that idea, I'm now watching it going, this show could give us Natasha back and it didn't. And I'm not very happy. And I know there are all, all sorts of metatextual reasons why Scarlett Johansson is not going to appear in the MCU again, if not a Disney property again. Um... I'm just left a little sad by that. I I think that's really interesting because I did not for a single second this whole way imagine that, even though I have recently engaged with something which does in fact end in live action completely out of the blue. So I think that's mm. really interesting that, that, um, that you were expecting that um, or hoping for that even. And I will go so far as to confess that I shed a tear at the sudden idea of replacing one Black Widow with another, like she was so much chess, um, because that was nice. And I was like, oh, well, that, you know, the door's always open for Scarlet if she does change her mind. Like, that was so much more than I was hoping for that actually I was really re- rewarded by that. So I hope that helps. Mm, good. I have not even, no, <laughs> at no point <laughs> thought that this was going to then... I just don't feel this is going to have much impact other than, sorry, I don't feel this is going to have much impact on the wider MCU other than, as I say, sort of informing us about the the concept of multiverse, etc. However, Scarlett Johansson is still working on Disney properties because she's meant to be in the Tower of Terror or something. Hmm. She's yet another one of their, we've got a theme park ride, so we're Mm -hmm. somehow going to make a film out of it. Uh, so uh, there's still always the possibility of her coming back. And she has solved her legal case. And they have settled. Yeah, I I would be very happy to be proven wrong. 
Um, yeah. No, I don't think it's going to happen. So. It's just there is the hope. But yeah, mm. that's really interesting. I mm. have not. Uh, I hadn't thought that. No. I hadn't counted. I think it might have been that that thought of okay, what's the coolest thing they could do? Certainly in a finale. Mm. Um, do you think that yeah. would have undermined the format though? The suggestion that animation is kind of not the real MCU. Mm. And even though it kind of literally is not, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, because it just would have been, this is how our universe works. And, and like I said, particularly because they used the animation to do, you know, shields over people and changing looks and, and stuff that we've seen in CG, but is difficult and expensive to do and cheaper mm. to do in animation. So I sort of appreciate that we got some of that that we can reference well in a half hour TV show. If they were going to bring back Scarlett Johansson as Widow, mm-hmm. doing it in What If would be a bit weird. It would be amazing. It would have been just the biggest... They're just not going to. They're you gonna have do to a... watch these shows thing. They're yeah. at least going to do that in maybe a Disney Plus live action. Yeah. Or... Which now means every bloody episode of Hawkeye would be going, <laughs> is she going back? Is she coming back? <laughs> and and I, I don't expect her to come back. It was just that moment where he's yeah. like clearly going to take her to a universe and i just thought it absolutely makes sense that we revisited every universe we saw except that one where the avengers was killed was the most disposable of all the disposable universes mm. frankly and i you know there was an opportunity to do anyway i'm going to move on from it i'm going to be more joyful <laughs> to share that up front. because i loved that they used all the different universes that we've seen I love that they all came into it and then we got to see, you know, even the zombies came and did a thing and even mm-hmm. the the dark dimension with, with the Sorcerer Supreme and so on. And then, you know, that, that great Tony Stark and Gamora adventure Where got its moment. Where the hell was that, <laughs> Yeah. I want to see, I want to see that Gamora, what did he call her? Um, Survivor of Sakaar, Destroyer of Thanos? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. In Thanos's yeah. thing. So... As I understand it, from what I've seen, the episode was written and was going to be released, and there was even a mock-up of Lego toys of that Tony Stark uh, outfit. Mm -hmm. Suit. Iron Man suit. That's the word. Um, The what if is, what if Tony didn't come back through the wormhole at the end of Avengers? Ah. And the point is, he ends up on Sakaar, he builds a new suit, he teams up with people, teams up with Gamora, they manage to stop Thanos and create an Infinity Stone Smasher. Apparently it was going to be done. They had to scrap an episode and they chose that episode. <sighs> Compared to I'm some really of the other glad you told me that because, because firstly that, and secondly, if I'm honest, the Gamora stuff was what really annoyed me about oh. this episode. Because without that context, it's just like, well, you brought Gamora mm-hmm. explicitly because you know she has a thing that won't work. MacGuffin. No. <laughs> Just no, just no to that, and I felt like it was it was a real waste of Gamora's character. Apart mm. from the moments where she's like, "Why am I here? I want to go back. Let me back." I think that was, <laughs> I enjoyed that, but I I do think that Gamora is kind of heading up the ranks as most underused in the Marvel universe generally, and I, I hope that Guardians Three is gonna do something interesting with the Gamora we have. Okay. So. I'm assuming that it's going to be relatively focused on her, although mm. she might be the MacGuffin, because if at the end of oh god, which film it was where Peter's okay. looking for her, one hopes so. And mm. you know, I was quite excited to see her of all characters, where we haven't really seen her, and I was like, oh, but this could be, oh what? 
<laughs> oh, you knew she was going to fail, and you just yeah. And she's like, "Oh, silly me, I didn't think of that." Oh no, and you're just like, "That's not." Which which sounds like a step too far. It sounds like they should work because otherwise, it's got the whole. Maybe the oxygen's different, and the air we breathe is different. Like, mm. um, apparently, we will be getting it in series two, which I would be amazed if we get it in series two because we now know the ending. So, yeah, yeah. Drop yeah. it as a spare episode, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just all seemed a bit odd. Um, on which note, I'm wondering if um, you felt as as I perhaps did, and then I had to explain to my wife that they weren't really connected. That um, the scene with the drawful of Infinity Stones in Loki slightly spoiled us for the impact of Infinity Stones in this. Slightly kind of punctured them as the powerful device we had come to think about them. To see that kind of really literally shoved in a drawer in Loki, and I know we talked about it at the time, and then to have them return to this kind of fount of all power that must be kept in a universe and a universe now, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I think the thing is with the TVA, they're, because that's outside of time and that's where they're not powerful, whereas here they are. So it was, my reaction to them wasn't that. My reaction was more, oh, God, they're still doing Infinity Stones. <laughs> well, I think also a bit that, though, because <clears throat> I think, as we said then, it's nice to see Infinity Stones kind of really minimalised and done. Mm. And, and I think we all felt like we had, in some sense, completed moving, our journey with the Infinity on. Stones. Yeah. Mm. I, I I didn't mind it because this is a little bit of a best hits of the Infinity Saga and, and redoing some of those stories. So if Series 2 comes after Phase 5, it could do some of that coming into it, maybe. Mm. This is, you know, this does exist outside of our MCU. So in our MCU, mm. or the Sacred Timeline, Infinity Stones aren't a thing anymore. They've been returned. The stones were used to destroy the stones. Um, and now we'll get other stories. Multiversal stories, it would seem. Mm. It seems indeed. I loved Peggy in that. I really, really, really would like to see them in live action together, which mm-hmm. obviously, as we will, for all the reasons we've discussed, it's probably not going to happen. But them as BFFs, and that nothing good has ever followed the phrase Barnard, Barnard in accounting <laughs> like that. Although, Jesus, the what if his name was Steve felt really harsh, <laughs> right. much more than Peggy's reaction to it. You know, it felt like proper below the belt. Mm. I I felt a bit like we had more mentions of Steve than we did of Peggy. And that her character was so much about him for someone who presumably has some sort of career. Like, I know that it's kind of supposed to be the grand Marvel OTP and it's a bit like, you know, a lot of people don't like Ross and Rachel, which mm. is why we don't always talk about it all the time. Mm. And... I agree. He was mentioned a lot. Like a lot, a lot. But for me, the, the Natasha Peggy thing balanced it. I would have liked them as a couple. I know that's me, but yeah. And, and I think the flip side of it, uh, this is absolutely me extrapolating, but Peggy doesn't get mentioned to Steve because he always kept that quite internal. That was his yeah. pain that he bore. We saw him look at the watch every so often and, so, and this sort of thing, but he didn't discuss it and chat to people about it. Whereas the implication is Peggy has talked to her about it yeah. because they've bonded and she's shared and she's a better character than Steve actually was as the camp. But whether that's true or not, I don't know. What it reminded me of, I'm going to do this because I've done it all the way through. It reminded me of uh, Supergirl and Batgirl. No, Batwoman. 
in the DCCW, the Arrowverse crossovers, because they are really good friends straight away. And mm-hmm. it's glorious. And the bit in one of the crossovers where Batwoman's gone off and, and disappeared and then suddenly she turns up, turns up and you've got Supergirl going, oh, yay, she's back. And just being really excited <laughs> that her friend's in the fight again. I must say, that, that makes me quite, like, mm. like that kind of thing is fun. And yeah. I do think that there were definitely, I really like the bit where um she was like, you know, you're one of three, or I'm one of three people you trust in the world or something. Like, I really liked mm. that speech. Mm. And I really liked that she knew to make that speech and that it all just went well, yeah, I enjoyed that speech specifically. I didn't so much love much of the rest of it, but I really felt like it. The things I hadn't liked paid off in that mm. bit. And and I think in some ways that sort of friendship isn't something we often see in the MCU. Yeah, friendship and and people being together is often snarky and bantery, which mm. I hate at the best of times. Whereas this felt a very genuine. We're friends and we're going to work together, and isn't that good? And I'm trying to think, other than her relationship with Yelena in the Black Widow film, Nat doesn't have a lot of female friends. Mm. I mean, mainly because she's been the only one for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you don't, you know, you don't really see that. So I do, I do like seeing, seeing that. Yeah, End- Endgame didn't give us a hint that she and Captain Marvel are bonded particularly or... No, not at all. So. No. Mm. And I think, Laura, we talked last week about kind of Apocalypse Nat and how she'd be and whether or not we'd see her again. And I must say, I was pretty into seeing her again and kind of the fact that she was just grimy and in Mm -hmm. the dirt and in the apocalypse and yet still carrying on, not Mm. going back, but she had certainly pushed on through and she hadn't pushed on through to go back. And I really Mm -hmm. also enjoyed that about her very much. Yeah. Laura, how, how did you feel about the kind of natness overall of What If? Because it's definitely something I feel like you have had a lot of, uh, like the full spectrum of thoughts on as we've gone along. Is this a question for our series wrap-up show? Possibly, but I'm sort of curious about this kind of, I mean, because <laughs> okay. it felt so Nat-centric in, in a way. Yeah, I am surprised how Nat-centric it's been, given they didn't have Scarlett Johansson. Mm. That's true, that's true. Might have think Lake Bell's done a good job. Very good job, actually. Mm. And I would quite happily watch a, an animated series of any of these Nats, um, if that's the only way we can get her going forward. Uh, but yeah, I've enjoyed... And, and that we have seen some differentiation in each of them, where they're from different um, different times in, in the, the Nat arc and where she has changed, you know, going from really quite quite quippy and snarky through to then quite emotional. Um, so yeah, I've enjoyed it. I think that's a nice point as well. I have also really enjoyed different points in the timeline and and the, the writers were mindful of those characters at times. I think sometimes less so, and I'm sure we've picked up on that in a way, but mm. I'm still like that Thor. That's the Thor you wanted. I mean, Vegas was a funny joke and I laughed pretty much every time. However... <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are better Thors. I uh, I really enjoyed this Thor this time. <laughs> which makes no sense. That. No, I love that. Makes no sense. Well, <laughs> I was thinking about it and I think there was, we had him without misogyny in this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just kind of silly as opposed to destructive and, and entitled. Mm-hmm. Which guess. were the things I didn't like him about him before. So, so yeah. Nice. Oh, good. 
One thing with Captain Carter is, one, the Lemurian star bit just felt like it went on far too long, given, you know, given what they needed to do in this episode. It really didn't need to be that long to be like, right, well, this is Captain Carter in the almost current time Mm. doing, you know, what Steve was doing. Did Steve do that before? That's the opening to Winter Soldier. Yeah. Is it? That sequence. And that conversation about what are you doing Saturday night? Thousand percent didn't know that. Yeah. So she's trying to set him up. Seen that film five times. Sharon from accounts or whatever it is. Oh. Oh, so that's why that dialogue sounds crap. (laughs) (laughs) which i mean sincerely i now understand and i i don't hold it against the episode oh i would have preferred and i thought they were going to do it so in the winter soldier when um steve's fighting batrock and then he says i thought you were more than a shield and then he does exactly what captain carter does in in this um, episode puts the shield away and then goes hand to hand combat and i really thought they were going to do the same as they did with captain marvel where she was just going to go, screw you, <laughs> take him out with a shield, go, I don't need to prove anything to you. But instead she did exactly the same as, as Steve did. And I just thought, ah. Oh. I, think that I, I also didn't best. know that was what happened, but I did think that that fight was really weird. Mm. Now I know why. Yeah, I thought the same thing, but obviously they're, they're just trying to set up the exact same scene. Although it's not the exact same th- scene, but do the same stuff. To what extent is there a point in doing that? Because you get it, I didn't, and neither of us particularly liked it. I thought it was fine. I just thought it could have been a lot shorter. (laughs) It it just didn't. In the same way that where we saw the introduction of all of the others, we knew where they were, we knew what was going on, but we, we, you know, it just didn't need to go on quite so long. I suppose what they were trying to do there was set up the relationship between Peggy and Hmm. and um, Captain Carter, but. Once you jumped out of the plane, that was done. I know I didn't like it in the very first episode with Captain Carter, but I quite like the film reference here. <laughs> I will say I think it's because it was the only one. And I yes, got quite over true. it in that first one. I, I was like, okay, do your own thing now. You know, you, you've done this once or twice, so you can move on. But I quite liked it in this coming back to it and going, oh, the world has kind of continued. That was the change. Mm. Um with you know, obviously, with a few slight differences, but I didn't, I didn't mind it or notice it for the length of it. Mm. Um, I didn't love mm. when she said, "Blimey, bloody bollocks!" Oh, a Do battle we... cry that all British people surely utter <laughs> because those are three words that go together Brilliant. in that order. Do Americans not think that bollocks is a swear? I mean, I know it's one of the mild. Well, it's ones. not in America. It's not a swear in America, and it's the joke is that you can say you can yeah. say wanker and bollocks as much as you like on American telly because no one cares. But also, they just don't know how to put bloody in a sentence, <laughs> like ever. <laughs> and this is one of the things that I like about Ted Lasso is it really does, by and large, let British people handle their swear words. <laughs> Ted Lasso feels incredibly British to me. I have to keep reminding, not him, but the, the show. I have to keep reminding myself it's an American show. But it's got British writing, hasn't it? I mean, it has. Hasn't? No, it's got American writers. Yeah, the, the point at which Jamie Tart turned up and said, I've been following you for four blocks. Yeah, no, yes, not no, every but, sentence, what? but there's Brits in the room. There's Brits in the room. And the characters absolutely 
swearing. Yeah, and the feel of it. It, feel, it feels very. I don't know how many of those swears are scripted? This is not a Ted Lasso podcast, though. Fun as that would be, much as we could all. If you do think that. we should have more podcasts, go to Patreon and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, um, uh, bringing us back round to the thing: USB mm. arrows. How did they get it in the right way up the first time? <laughs> right. Yes. That's the joke. Just... That's the joke that I needed. That is the joke I needed. <laughs> the whole thing is just so weird. And and I know he did it in Avengers. But it did was he? weird there. And it's weird here. <sighs> is that when they kind of take over the helicarrier? Mm. Yeah. Is there anything original in this series? I think it's kind of the point. This time. <laughs> yeah. It hits very differently for me, it turns out. <laughs> Here's all the things you missed, completely repackaged, remember. so you can watch them and absorb at least 20%. <laughs> okay. Uh, talking of our female characters, I was so excited to see Zumba... Zumba? Zumba, <laughs> Zumba Wonder. <laughs> Zombie Zumba Wonder, that would be a hell of a look. I was so excited to see Zombie Wonder. <laughs> mm. But then that was it. And yeah, I mean, we had talked last week, didn't we? I was, you know, will we get to see her? You know, if you mm. if you were going to do something, actually, that was a great setup. And we were like, oh, what, a, what an interesting weapon. Or you at least pointed out that she would potentially have more strength and greater abandon than existing Wonder. Maybe. And yet... I mean, e- even even if it was that, yes, he was too powerful for her to have any effect, which seems a bit weird, there's the opportunity there for her to see him and think he was Vision. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just even a moment. I mean, she did a face, and I'm not sure what that face actually was. The face to me just Zombie felt face. like, mm-hmm. oh, my power didn't work. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I expected when he said what comes with it, I expected it to be Thanos that we saw the zombie yeah. Thanos at the end. I was expecting zombie Thanos mm. with his stones. Yeah, exactly. And that could have set up our thing of the stones are different here. He can't use them because I was yeah. also thinking like if they're going to take the soul stone from him, why doesn't he just go and get the stone from another multiverse? Although technically he's called killed the multiverse is the point, isn't it? No, no, this is him killing the multiverse. Killing, yeah. Yeah, no, he's killed his own universe. But yeah, so taking a stone from him shouldn't have slowed him down, particularly. He could just go off and get on. All the stones are from the same universe. Yeah, because Thanos yes. rocks up and he then splits him in two. Yes. Because all Thanos with five stones. stones. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> on the last episode last week. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was thinking about Ego. I, I was just, you know, thinking of all of all the different characters and things, and had we not just kind of seen ego explode in the previous one, and all these incredibly powerful figures. I mean, Captain Marvel. Um, you know, just because one of them didn't work out, couldn't you get like twenty? <laughs> well, okay. Going into the fight, I loved that there were multiple Mjolnirs yes. being used on him because, of yes. course, the 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 thing that. It, they throw away slightly. When Doctor Strange does his whole mini Doctor Strange's fighting Thanos, mm-hmm. Thanos uses the Soul Stone to know which one is the real one and, and defeats them. Mm. Because there's multiple Mjolnirs, there's no 
trick he can do <laughs> to figure them out. So it was actually it was a really nice way of doing it. It was it's mm, you know a nice improvement true. on what we'd seen before. Um, and I loved the slightly acme. And then another one just comes in at the end yes. when they're all on him. <laughs> you know? Yes. I mean, would that have worked with Loki as well? Because I did, I mean, again, we saw Tom Hedleston's name in the credits, so wondered where that was going to happen. Um, and I'd had slightly expected a Loki to turn up before he did. Do you know what this is now reminding me of? Do you remember that thing that periodically goes around Twitter? where you've got um, $15 and then you can pick a different <laughs> Avenger at each level. Fancy Avengers. And, and, what if Avengers, yeah. yeah. And that's basically what he did, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, otherwise <laughs> you'd pack them with Scarlet Witches and um, and Captain Marvels, but you can't if you've only got $15. Do you think that's where this all started? <laughs> Do you think that was the original pitch? You got $15, an infinite multiverse. <laughs> Who are you going to pick? And that's why you end up with Party Thor. <laughs> Party Thor just comes free. And yet each each column is the same character, but from different stories. Yes, yes. (laughs) You're Captain America, Captain Carter. (laughs) Steve before the transformation is one (laughs) dollar. But he's got a heart. Uh, He has got a heart. Oh, someone's got to be building that platformer. Surely. That's (laughs) got to be fun. Speaking of gaming, as we are, what I really liked was the sorcerer supreme business with um it's always the one that casts protect that's the one you have to actually protect like the person mm-hmm. who has to keep casting mm-hmm. reflect and protect on your allies and it's just like if if it goes wrong with them you're screwed like it's all bad yeah he sits at the back yep. yeah yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> just really enjoyed just th- that moment really of, yeah. um, of that playing out Healer, if you can stay 30 feet away from danger, we're all okay, you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where's your rangers? Exactly. (laughs) I really enjoyed that. I actually understood what you were talking about there, so (laughs) clearly I'm becoming more educated in this. Hang out with us enough, you'll become one. (laughs) Well, also I finished Mythic Quests, so I think that probably helped. Ah, Nice. Okay. I did like the... um, the depiction of the protection spell bubbles as well. Yeah. With the oh, runes yeah. on the outside and then the way they moved when they were being hit or when they were coming under pressure. And I, I like how well. Peggy was quite sort of surprised. She was like, oh, that worked. Like that yeah. was because I would imagine that she hasn't encountered a whole load of magic. No, hmm. probably not. So I, I quite enjoyed her having a, a response that we were allowed to mm-hmm. share. You know, it's just that kind of moment where you remember that one of these characters hasn't been watching all these films in order. <laughs> it's a nice moment. There, there are, I must say, there have been a lot of really nice moments. Mm. Yeah. Because that felt like a callback to the Doctor Strange's fight in um, in his episode where he you could see the protection spells on him and as he was taking punches, they were disappearing off. Mm. So, you know, it felt yeah. like a nice evolution of that idea that we've been taught. And he's had lots of time to practice. And that's and that's the sort of thing that makes me like it, where it does small references and you know, just touches of, oh, it's been worth watching them all so far mm. because it informs my understanding of it now. Do you know what my favourite thing about this episode was? Mm. And it remains to be seen if it was my favourite thing about the series. But I think it's the fact that Strange Supreme has made friends with his tentacles and that like the tentacles have kind of become an extension of cape and it's just I just really love how he's kind of become one with with this content that he has absorbed and I just I, I really love that character 
Yeah, because did we st- we we got another KP moment, didn't we? Yeah, pointing yeah, out something. Yeah, tentacles. Yeah. Excuse me. Look over there. It was just it was so endearing. I, yeah, to be endeared to a tentacle. I mean, I guess we wondered in episode one what our relationship mm-hmm. with tentacles was going to be, and I maybe they were the hero all along. <laughs> maybe <laughs> on the cusp of of Venom two coming out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can, can we can we talk though? Speaking of of heroes, and then of course, consequently, villains. Can we talk about Killmonger? Mm. And how 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 did you how did you find his kind of position in this story and, well, and where first, we ended up? The first time I watched it, I didn't really understand what happened in the end. Yeah, how he was able to get the suit, uh, the the armor and the stones. Mm. And then when I watched it the second time, I still even then had to put it down to, so he did something with that robot head and something, 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 profit. His his master's PhD from Harvard, MIT? Doctorate, doctorate. One year doctorate. From? MIT, yeah. Ivy League, something or other. Yeah, and, and it was like, okay, so he did something technical and uh, and now he's got the armour. Hmm. hmm. Why was Kelmonger there? In order to betray them. <sighs> That's what I have to say. And I did think it was quite neat that this was the ending. Because as we were talking earlier with... Um, it must have been last episode. The whole idea of putting Zola into this body never seemed like a very good idea. Uh, right. Because then you end up with Zola in, in a body with, um, hmm. with uh, the stones. But I really liked that the solution was that it's not a case of destroying him. It's trapping him. Yeah, neither one has the stones and they are evenly matched to maintain that battle forever of the the Harry Potter beams of light against each other thing. Yeah, and Mm. just putting them in a little pocket universe was a a nice resolve to that. I think I would have liked if either in the last episode or this one Nat had acknowledged that there is a future Zola problem coming up. Yeah, we deal with the Ultron one. And I, even if it was mm-hmm. like, well, we'll deal with that bridge when we come to it type thing. Because otherwise it just makes her seem like she's a bit naive and not hasn't really thought this through. I, I mean, the start of their idea is when they don't know he's got the stones. Yes, but even putting Zola in Ultron's body anyway. Exactly. It, it, yeah. it. That was always going to be problem two. Hmm. So what was your take on um, Killmonger, Abby? I just, I mean, I, I've, I've ended up talking about this character a lot, kind of mostly when I discuss my feelings about Black Panther with my wife. And I just think that Killmonger is one of the most interesting MCU characters that there is. Um, I think that they make him very empathetic and very interesting. And, you know, he's quite young, but is full of sort of, self-reflection and purpose and all of these things and it just seems kind of crappy to play on someone's um i don't know mistrust of their colleagues and all these things it just it felt like a like a strange entrapment a literally strange entrapment and a use of this character i don't know it just it, it didn't really sit well with me and i found it quite sad in a way that I, I just wasn't really expecting. And, you know, we spend all this time talking about kind of 
strangers sacrifice and it's like dude you did not have to destroy a universe to do this it's like oh it's fine i'll just be over here watching my snow globe and doing the thing and you're like meanwhile <laughs> you sentenced killmonger to be yeah. in a crystal in a crystal for time and he did not destroy a universe yet no he didn't deserve that no I mean, I don't know about deserve. I, I don't I don't know if Marvel really handles what he, he may or may not deserve. If if there had been a more organic reason to include him, yes. I feel that would have been better. And, and the, I, I will say, one of the reasons I thought they were including him was because he's a really good plotter. So he was going to come mm. up with the plan to take the stones. Yeah. Something like that. Or if it had been where he's a robotics expert with a Doctor of thing, and we're about to yeah. go up against a robot. It might be quite useful. Yeah, um, and he's designed and built all this stuff, and hmm. has insight. And and it, it it was like, how did you explain this on the way? Like the Watcher didn't go round like Captain Planet and be like, you have this, you have this, you have this, you know. Uh, and again, the thing is that I think that was one of the universes we were really interested to see more of. Shuri mm. and Pepper teaming up to take down Wakanda yeah, and Killmonger. And we got to see the tiniest snippet of it, of them in action with Pepper with a giant gun. Give me that story. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing is, they need, for the Watcher's plan, they needed someone who could be both a hero and a villain. Because they need to be a hero to start with. They need, they need to be part of the team to start mm-hmm. with. And then you need to rely on them betraying the team mm. when it comes to it. And so, if you think, I'm just thinking through our raft of characters, I think the only two really that fit that would be Killmonger or Loki. And Loki is a liability, <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> and the thing is, they're not going to put Loki. Loki is so popular that even in this, which doesn't go anywhere, mm-hmm. um, series, I just don't No, you'd never hear the end of it. You know, trap Loki. <laughs> and, and as we've seen, Loki survive. And he has powers, and you know, this is not necessarily the thing that would hold him. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I just of of all the stories to tell, oh, we had to use betrayal as a tool. I just think, oh, is that is that where we are now with our superheroes? Betrayal is your asset. Betrayal is a gift. All is Killmonger a superhero? I mean, and he does. Cause I would say betrayal is or. or I don't necessarily betrayal, but um, switching sides or uh, misleading mm. is very much part of Killmonger's um, character and and his uh, his approach to things. Plans and particularly within plans this within one, plans. yeah, mm. particularly this one that we've seen in that What If episode, who is you know fully knows full well that Chucka um, killed his father. But is cozying up to Ch- to Chucka mm. at the time, in order to become the Black Panther. So I think I think it fits with the character. I, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I just think of all the characters to kind of do a gotcha on. I just I don't know. Yeah. I think I I think I was one better stories for him. Um, and and as I think as you said though as well, if he'd had greater purpose on the way. Mm. Also, if you're going to bring in a character to nick stuff, you bring Rocket. <laughs> I'm just saying, of all the of all the characters we've seen nicking things, 
I, I think there's an aspect of them ticking off all the different stories that we've seen. I know. It's, yeah, because Rocket <laughs> wasn't in that in. one, was it? Yeah. And, and, and I think it's the thing that this is what we saw of his character in the thing. We saw him, exactly as Laura mm. says, uh, him doing this. And so it's not a surprise when he does it. And him doing that and that being the point of... Oh, no, sorry. I meant um, T'Challa. Yeah, yeah. T'Challa. To be the yeah. one to steal the yeah. soul stone. Okay. Because I don't remember so seeing not this. Instead of, not instead of Kill Yeah, yeah, no, sorry. Okay. No, I meant Rocket sorry. instead of um, okay. T'Challa, which is, I realise, mm. not a sentence I said. <laughs> okay. But I think in. I think in this one, isn't T'Challa then quoting Yondu from his earlier episode that says, um, oh, Well, they did rob from the rich and give to the poor, which, which, like, I, I get, but I. No, yeah. but I think there's I think there's particularly mm. a um a yeah. line that T'Challa quotes in this one yeah. that's from the um Star Lord T'Challa episode about sticky fingers. I don't know, or yeah, something yeah. sticky fingers. But still. <laughs> mm. I mean we got more Chadwick Boseman. We did. We did. If you had someone there and not Chadwick Boseman, because I'm thinking you're thinking back to that episode, if you bring anyone, I would have really liked him to have brought Thanos. Would have been an interesting inclusion. What would you spend your Thanos. $15 on? Exactly. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should play that for the finale. Oh, I need I need to go away and make <laughs> yeah. that. Don't well, I? let's let's do that for the finale. Screen we'll caps of each episode. and Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Assemble your team. But we got more Chadwick Boseman and it was great. Yeah. And he, he appeared in probably more episodes than most. He did. Yeah. He did. We did great. get the full four episodes we, we mm. had rumoured. And... I did read somewhere that before his death there was discussion of a Star Lord T'Challa um, mm-hmm. series. Mm. Yeah, but I suppose this is the last time we're going to hear him. I would assume so, unless they banked something. Mm. So I think they've said they're not going to use yeah. anything of him in yeah. uh, in Black Panther. And too. I think again, in in a way, it's a it's a bit it's a bit of a. A sad note to end on, and and an interesting kind of T'Challa to end on, because again, that's a sort of part part of my oh about the the ness of this team is like I don't really associate T'Challa with being a thief for good or ill. That's that's not really the essential element of his character. And I understand that that's this universe. Like I do get it, and I get that mm. they they weren't aware necessarily that this was going to be the last instance that we'd have of him I just you know yeah but he's he's a thief that's made the universe better he's a thief that just through his character has made Thanos decide not to destroy half the universe yeah so, no I think okay, throughout this, this series he's he's yeah. been fabulous I mean I, I, absolutely I just felt like a like strange to bring his character back to that note yeah. The thieving part, no, rather than the wholesome reason. Yeah, reason with somebody and or show yeah. them a different. Yeah, reframe something for people. Yeah, and and the fact that he can't, you know, connect with Kelmonger at the end, and I mean, mm. yeah, I just thought it was a bit sad. <laughs> but talking of reframing, Matthew really got me thinking all the way through this with earlier when you were saying about this idea that we're the watchers. Mm-hmm. Because that really puts into relief. Nat at the end says to the Watcher, "Did you make popcorn while Ultron murdered my friends and burned my world to the ground?" And if she's saying that to us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, that's but dark. he th- he thinks as a speech of the stories are the thing when when all you can do is watch yeah. and the stories are all that 
there is, then all that matters are the stories. Yeah, I think the thing is, he can intervene. We can't. We can't push Clint off the cliff. More's the pity. And save, and save. Yeah, yeah, we would have. Yeah, your thing about, you know, phone in and vote for who you want to go over the cliff. Like, <laughs> that's not the choice they're going to force us to make. Because <laughs> they, know, they know how that one's going to go. It's going to be... It's going to be the Civil War debate. Mm. Things like that. Mm. I can't even remember what that was. What happens to Robin at the end of this comic? Yes, they did that, didn't they? They absolutely did that. (laughs) Brilliant. Is there anyone we haven't talked about? And part of me is asking, because I'm finding it difficult to remember the disparate collection of characters pulled together to serve this script. We didn't talk about Party Thor much, but I don't think there was much. Not a huge amount. Much as it was fun. It was fun. I am excited. This is the, the good place to wrap it up, I think, and the final conversation. I'm excited for the idea of Winter Soldier Hydra Stomper, Steve? Oh, yes, we haven't spoken about that, have we? <laughs> what, what excites you about that? The fact that we could get... It, it is it is the thing that we got in Endgame, the Hail Hydra Captain America. What if, what if Steve is then jacked up into something approximating Captain America and has the false arm or is, is now integrated into the Hydra Stomper suit or something, is reliant on it? but has been brainwashed and is an evil assassin and has to be undone and then becomes the, the Bucky of the world. Like, that's quite an interesting twist. That's really interesting. I had not thought... My only thought was teeny tiny frozen Steve. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so cold. Gonna, Give me a blanket, Mama Carter. Yeah, he must have been frozen in order to survive. But, oh yeah, for him to take on the uh, Winter Soldier mantle... But the thing is, for him to be in the Hydra Stomper, he can't be all jacked up, because why would you bother with the Hydra okay. Stomper? Okay, but... But yeah, he could be mm. brainwashed and what have you. Mm. And hydra... Hydrarised. That's not the right word, is it? Hydrificated. I think Hy- hy- hydrogenated. <laughs> hydrated? Hydrated. Hydrated. <laughs> Fully hydrated, Steve. Yes. <laughs> I just feel like I I don't... Oh, I just... I like other characters. <laughs> so do we think that that's going to then go into season two? It's a heck of a thing to put in if it's not. Well, I mean, it could be similar to, if you think, with the zombies. We didn't get... Well, I don't think we got the answer to that. I know you guys think we got the answer to the end of that. But um, And there must have been other ones that didn't get an end. Given, given the cult popularity of Agent Carter and Hayley Atwell and and this side of things I think I think the the ability to carry it on in an animated form with mm. those people doing the voices and doing some alternate versions of the stories yeah I can see them carrying that one on I'd watch an yeah. Agent Carter cartoon but in my head it keeps turning out like Inspector Gadget <laughs> do you mean Agent Carter or Captain Carter yeah either honestly yeah I, I just want more Hayley Atwell, frankly. Exactly, mm. yeah. I think it's not so popular, you know, because they cancelled the show, frankly. <laughs> tells you how, but just how but then that was a different was time, wasn't it? For, for the yeah. balance sheet. But it's, it is popular enough because it's remained in everyone's memories. So I think mm. one of the things that's quite easy to forget about those olden days of these things is that not everyone had Netflix or whatever it was on, and it didn't universally air. 
at the same time everywhere. I had to buy it to watch it. Some people bought it to watch it. But yeah, I think that's the thing. It it like it it wasn't it wasn't a collective viewing. You couldn't all watch it and chat about it on Twitter because mm. if you did, everyone would shout at you because it doesn't air in Britain for another <laughs> six months. <laughs> mm. God, what if that had been the live action? <laughs> the, the live action ending end credit sequence is something happens where Agents of Shield become aware of the multiverse, and it turns out they're in a different multiverse. No, they're, they're never acknowledging Agents of Shield, unfortunately. No, no, I don't think so. But what I, if yeah. Agents Agents of Shield was if part of, was part of the MCU? <laughs> what would that look like? Well, we have Robin Sparkles, didn't we? That's not her name, is it? Gosh, what's it's her not, name? But she is in the MCU. <laughs> but she's in some episodes of Shield. She is. So is yes, the one in the suit. Seth. He's he's in those. The one in the suit. Yeah. Awesome. Is his oh, name Clark? Yes. No. Clark Gregg. No, yes. Clark Gregg is the actor. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. I think maybe. I think we've... I think we're pretty. We're pretty. Wandered down an alleyway, <laughs> and we've got a bit stuck. Well, I just. I am. I am so delighted, that Matthew. Thought there was going to be a live action bit that I think I just always want to. And that's such a such a good idea, actually. Wouldn't it have been cool? It would have been I cool. I even considered it. Can I just, you know, to, to finish on a high, um, if anyone's got any favourite animated moments from this one, because, again, like, I know I've talked a lot about it over this series, but I really have so enjoyed the different opportunities to kind of make these huge shots animated. Matthew, where you go? I have one. I have one where Captain Carter and Natasha Romanoff have their shields and are hammering their shields into... What's his face? Vision Ultron. Yeah. And there's a bit there where one goes high, one goes low, which mm. I think might be a Bucky Steve thing or something someone's done somewhere. And it had a... It felt like a better version of the A-Force moment in Endgame. All the women yeah. Avengers coming together. It had that sort of thing. They're both with their shields, both standing up to the, the villain... And doing something, and then the cool shot of them like taking him out properly. Yeah, yeah, that was I good really one. enjoyed that. That was a that was nice good. one. And and I think it was good because it was a more subtle. I'm only thinking of it because oh, it's the two you know human superheroes on the two female human superheroes on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels a better better way of doing that idea. Yeah, mm. and I I love that it was Alexi's shield as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, that and was the nice touch. Uh, as far as the animation, there wasn't anything in this that I felt was as good as the last episode with some of those amazing shots. Mm. But there are two. One is when Doctor Strange is being the tentacle monster and everything, and then you see his face splitting into the different monsters. Mm. Yeah. And, and it was it was very red. I don't yeah. Know, I can describe. And, and jagged. But I thought I thought that worked well. Um, and the other one is there's a sh- shot scene where they've got the soul stone and they've dropped it, and the soul stone is on the floor, centered, and then you've got all the people like kind of coming into shot, trying to grab it, mm. and then Ultron's foot next to it, and and I thought that was that was impressive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the the Doctor Strange splitting up one was definitely one I noticed and I was like what a unique colour palette <laughs> which is not a sentence I think yes. I've used outside watching changing rooms <laughs> but it's just like oh it's, it's weird to kind of 
to see it a collection pink and red it was kind of little, little yeah. purple and chartreuse mm. and all sorts mm. and it was just it was really innovative it felt just somehow mm. those those choices were so strong i also loved when the zombie universe opened up and that kind of <laughs> pouring of zombies just kind of opening yeah. a wound of zombies i thought was stunning yeah, cool. really mm. really stunning kind of long shot big animation scene um and then uh, i'm a, sorry for the term i'm about to use the eye piercing um which which really <laughs> is a thing this week isn't it like I, I watched two films on the same day neither of which i assumed would have eye piercing in them one of which was animated and one of which was not um and it was weird to see it come up yet again in this <laughs> so hmm. yeah i prefer it in the animated version i'd rather it yeah. wasn't a thing at all but while it is it's interesting hmm. to see it crop up so much in a month because yeah no one got got an arm cut off because that's usually the thing <laughs> have you seen suicide squad yet? yes that is one of the things okay that is one of the things I'm thinking of. <laughs> Big eye piercing. It was very strange to see that on the same day as an almost identical sequence with an identical weapon and a not hugely dissimilar opponent in a completely mm. different film. It was very odd. Um, so, see, when you say eye piercing, you make it sound like ear piercing. And I know. We have a bit of jewellery <laughs> through that your eye. That is deliberate like, so that our listeners uh, don't have to scream, cry and throw their... <laughs> Listening devices into a pond. <laughs> Is that the next thing? Walking around with a stud coming out of you? Oh, Matthew. Mm. Matthew, no. Mm. no. Matthew. Mm. Anyway, it's lovely to have Matthew back on the pod. <laughs> right. Thank you very much for listening. We would love to know who you would have in your Guardians of the Multiverse. Um, I, I feel like that conversation has a way to go yet. Um we hope you've enjoyed our thoughts and feelings on what if so far and we will be coming back with a, a series wrap up at some point marvellous Matthew where can we find you you can find me on twitter I'm at Matthew Bose and you can find this show and other shows by looking up on Eloquent Gushing on any social media platform of choice uh, where we tweet out when new episodes come out and what we're talking about and what we're doing and you can find all the exciting things that we record Laura where can we find you I hang out on Twitter far too much, frankly, and I'm at Laura Geeks Out. Come say hi. And you can find me at this AE Short on Twitter. We would love to hear what you thought of the final episode of What If, and I'm pretty sure we will be canvassing you for your thoughts on the series as a whole in the weeks to come. In the meantime, that explains the stomach face. Marvellous. Mm-hmm.